This is a summary of the first Sikh in the Kutte Sikhes and Parshas Re'ei in Chelik Yedalad. This is a Rashi Sikha, and I believe what's unique about this Rashi Sikha is that the Rebbe will take the two opinions that we're going to discuss and bring them to four different discussions in the Gemara and explain how the opinions are going following their opinion and how they approach the Pasuk that we are looking at, okay? So that's what's exciting today. That's what's happening in this Sikha. The Pasuk we're looking at is in Pedagud Bey's Pasuk of Gimel, where the Teda says, Rak chazak achil hadam ki adam Just be very strong and not to eat the blood, because blood is the soul. And of course, it's a terrible punishment for eating blood in Judaism, excision of the soul. Kades, it's like eating on Yom Kippur. It's very, very serious to eat blood. And that's the prohibition that we discuss. And the problem with this Pasuk is that it says, Rak chazak, be chazak, be strong. And the question is that this is the only mitzvah in the entire Taita that we have, where the Taita, uh, regarding a specific commandment, where the Taita says, be strong. Why this of all mitzvahs? Seemingly, it would actually be the, op- be the opposite. The nature of a human being is not to be so excited about blood. In fact, it's distasteful blood. And these are things which are natural. It's a natural human instinct. So it's not really subject to change so much. So why is the Teda saying, So for this, we have a machleik as an argument that Rashi brings down the two opinions between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon ben Azai. Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, indeed, it's true that instinctually people are turned off by blood. However, it doesn't mean that culturally, even things that are naturally turned, uh, uh, people are disgusted by, it doesn't mean that culturally you can't become involved in it and even steeped in it and it becomes part of your life and that's how it was for the egyptians which was a very very pagan society and they had all kinds of very serious stuff going on there in terms of superstition and their concepts of health and concepts of connecting with the spirit of the animal and so many other things and the reality was that the egyptians were steeped in the drinking of blood and the jews who had completely embraced egyptian culture we're also steeped in the practice of drinking blood. And therefore, the Teide here is telling us, be very strong. Be very strong and do not eat the blood that you are used to eating. Okay. However, there's a difficulty with this, of course, which is that this Pasuk that we're learning is in the Book of Devarim, which means that we're looking at the 40th year in the desert. That means the Jews had been 40 years out of Egypt. And keep in mind, the Jews had been commandment, uh, commanded already years ago, towards the beginning of their stay in the desert against the eating of blood. So it would be a very interesting notion to say that the Jews were still, at this point, 40 years into their sojourn in the desert, were still steeped in the practice of drinking blood, even though they had been commanded against it. Now, of course, it's possible the Jews transgressed, didn't listen, and were still steeped in this practice, but it's a very difficult thing to say, especially being that now we're in the 40th year, so the original generation, the primary generation that left Egypt is actually dead at this point. So these are their children. Their children are still steeped in this practice, quite difficult. And therefore, the second opinion comes along, the opinion of Rabbi Shem ben Azai, and he says, no. He says, no. That's, let's accept the fact that after all these years have gone by, they were no longer steeped in this practice. In this practice. 
Why does it say to strengthen yourself? It's actually not coming to teach you regarding blood so much. Rather, it's coming to teach you a lesson. To teach you a lesson. How much you have to strengthen yourself in the fulfillment of the mitzvahs of the commandments. Now, a Jew has to realize that he's up against the Sahara. Don't take anything for granted. Whenever it comes to doing a mitzvah and not transgressing in Aveda, sin, you have to gird your loins, strengthen yourself. And the Torah here is teaching you a very powerful lesson, says Ben Azai. That if blood, which is so easy, which your instinct tells you to avoid, nevertheless, and you don't want it, you don't desire it, nevertheless, the Torah needs to give you strength and tell you, be strong, how much more so how you have to approach all the rest of the mitzvahs, that you have to approach it in such a way that you're strengthening yourself and making sure that you do not do this Aveda. Why is this not as good as the first explanation? And so Rashi only brings it as the second. The answer is because in the end of the day, in the end of the day, the simple reading of the Pasuk is talking about blood, not about the rest of the commandments of the Torah. So to say that it's coming to teach you about other commandments is very difficult, especially when you read the Pasuk on a very simple level. It's it's continuing what it's discussing. The, it was continuing from the previous Pasuk where it speaks about when you come to the Holy Land, you're going to be able to eat regular meat. In the desert, as a matter of fact, it's not today's discussion, but in the desert, they were actually only allowed to eat sacrificial meat, shlomim. But when they came to the Holy Land, they were starting, they began, it became permissible for them to eat regular meat. Then the Pasuk continues and says, however, be strong and don't eat blood. So it implies that we're here to discuss specifically blood. That people want to eat blood, just like you desire meat. It says, When you desire to eat meat, so, so you desire to eat blood. So we tell you, be strong and don't eat the blood. You could eat the meat, but you can't eat the blood. So seemingly, so that's why, but each of the, that's why we, that's why this is very difficult, this, this, this explanation as well. So both of them have a difficulty. We say both. Now, what is going on here? Why does each opinion say their opinion? What, what what drives them to say what they say? So let's go through the four Talmudic passages relevant to this. Passage number one, the Gemara in Psachim Dav Chafalev. The Gemara there says, talk, the Gemara there is discussing a verse about a carcass or an animal which wasn't slaughtered according to Torah ritual law, the proper laws of Shechita. And the Torah says, what should you do with this de- with this meat, which is not kosher? You should give it as a gift to a righteous Gentile, a non-Jew who has accepted upon himself the seven Noahide laws, or you should sell it to a not-righteous Gentile, a regular Gentile. And the question is, does it mean literally, am I allowed to give the meat as a gift to a regular Gentile? Or no, do I have to specifically sell it? And so too, in the conversely, could I sell it to a righteous Gentile or I, have to, or I have to give it to him as a gift. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion, and these words are very powerful words used throughout our, the literature of the sages, which means what it says is what it means. Take the words, literally take them at their word. So being that this is Rabbi Yehuda, and this is versus Rabbi Meir, who has a totally different approach to the verse. So this Rabbi Yehuda is following his own general opinion, which is that take it at its word. Over here as well, when the Torah says, strengthen yourself and don't eat the blood, it doesn't mean some beautiful thing about all the commandments. It's referring specifically to blood because the Jews were steeped and, and had a deep desire to eat blood. Okay. 
where do you find the other opinion that it's coming to teach you about all the commandments, this idea that you should strengthen yourself in a small commandment? This is Reb Shem Ben Azai. Because Reb Shem Ben Azai, we find a very famous Mishnah in Pirkei Aves, which, by the way, the Mishnah is part of the Talmud. So the Pirkei Aves is part of the Talmud, the Ethics of Our Fathers, Chapter 4. And over there it says, you should run, run, ruts, to a very, very light mitzvah. And he says... One mitzvah is going to lead to another mitzvah. Mitzvah get out of mitzvah. And so too in the reverse. No matter how small the sin is, you should be So he said, Run to even a tiniest mitzvah. Even the easiest, tiniest mitzvah. Why? Because this mitzvah will lead to all the mitzvahs. That's what he says. That's the power of a mitzvah. doesn't matter how small it is. It's going to lead to everything else. Similarly in the, in the reverse, You should run from a sin. Why? Because an Aveda good at his Aveda. One Aveda will lead to the rest of the Avedas. And this is precisely the, the teaching that he's teaching over here. That he's telling you the power of strengthening yourself, how careful you have to be, but it, no matter how small the mitzvah seems to be and how, how fast you have to run, how strong you have to remove yourself from a situation of a sin, no matter how small the sin may be. Okay, so it seems to be going in his opinion. Fine. Now the Rebbe takes things to the next level. Something which he doesn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't believe the Rebbe does this typically in a sicha. The Rebbe will now show how each one doesn't just have his approach to life. Each of them rejects the other one's approach to life. So here we have another two passages in the Talmud. So now where do we find that? So where do we find the rejection of Rabbi Yehuda? And where do we find the rejection of Ben Azai? So this. Here they were brought now to a Gemara in the Tractate of Brachis Taf Samarbez, the third piece of Talmud that we are discussing today. This piece of Talmud says that Ben Azai once went, he followed Rabbi Akiva into the bathroom to watch Rabbi Akiva, his master and teacher, go to the bathroom. And he says, I learned three halachic laws of what, how one is supposed to engage, how one is supposed to act while in the bathroom. Rabbi Yehuda told Rabbi Shimon ben Azai, the same two characters that we have over here. He told him, you're such a chutzpin yak, he told him. Such audacity. Ad kan he azta panacha barapha. Could you have such chutzpah? So what did Rabbi Zayde ben Azai respond? Ben Azai told Rabbi Yehuda, it's toira and I need to learn. What are they arguing about? They're arguing about because the ultimate way to learn is from action. And there's a nuance in action, and there's a power to action. It's one thing to say, oh, this is what you should do. It's another thing to, to see it with your eyes and really be able to learn from it and so on. So Rabbi Yehuda was of the approach that he said it's enough for him to tell you. Why do you have to have such chutzpah? But Asai says no. Even though he'll tell it to me, but maybe there's a little detail that I'll miss and that I'm not going to fully understand. And he says, I have to strengthen myself and even go to crazy measures for the sake of understanding the minutia of halachic law. And that's his opinion. Rabbi Huda says, no, you don't have to run and be a chutzpin yak for, uh, for a little thing like that. So here we see explicitly in this passage of the Gemara that Rabbi Huda is rejecting the approach of Ben Azai. He says, that's chutzpah. You're not supposed to act that way. You don't have to go crazy over a detail um, and strengthen yourself like in that way that you're demanding that people do. Where do you see a rejection of Ben Azai of Rabbi Yehuda? And this is the final piece of Gemara. 
which is also from the tractate of Brachis Davchaval, if I'm at base, where the Gemara over there says that there's a possibility you shouldn't allow a sorcerer or sorceress to live. And the punishment is by skila, by stoning to death, which is basically throwing a person off a building. Okay, so, and ask your rabbi for more details and when it actually happens or doesn't happen. So, the, and that's juxtaposed to another pasuk where it says, Kol that's juxtaposed to the pasuk that whoever lies with an animal should be put to death through stoning. That's how we know that you put a person to stoning. That's what Ben Azai says. Rabbi Huda told him, just because it's next to it, that we're going to put the person to stoning it, that doesn't tell you enough. That's not enough to tell you that we give you this most severe death penalty in the Torah. Rather, he learns from a different source, which is more explicit. In the words of Rashi, it's a mikra mefurash. It's an explicit verse. He needs to find an explicit source, and that's what he searches for. What does the Rebbe see in this piece of Gemara? He says, I see that Ben Azay doesn't feel that he needs to have an explicit verse. For him, context is enough. For him, the general passage is enough. He doesn't need a mikra mefurash as... Rabbi Yehuda required. So we see that Ben Azai rejects the need of Rabbi Yehuda for it to be explicit. And he says that I take the general context into, uh, into mind. Okay, those, and now what is the Hasidic lesson? And very briefly, the drinking of blood will give you the character traits of the animal. When you eat the meat, being that the meat is transformed into your blood, therefore it doesn't ha- it doesn't. It's not direct, you being one with the life force of the animal. However, the blood, A, contains the actual life force of the animal, so it's much more potent. And B, it literally goes much easier into your own bloodstream, becomes absorbed in your bloodstream. That's the reason, and and, and you gain those character traits of the animal. Part of the reason why we don't eat not kosher is because those animals have bad character traits, which you pick up. Over here, by drinking the blood, we become an animal. We become an animal the level of an animal. And that represents the idea of not drinking blood, of dealing with the negativity and the lowest common denominator, the lowest and most animalistic part of ourselves. And these are the two approaches to life. Rabbi Huda's approach to life is that Rabbi Huda is about nullifying himself, negating himself. It's called in the lexicon of Chassidus Iskafya, breaking yourself. Right and 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 just accepting the yoke of heaven, bittel. That's the name of Yehuda. If you know the Hebrew, it means hayda, bittel, nullification. He's putting himself. He's putting putting himself down because he's dealing with his animal soul. What does that represent? That means you're steeped in the blood. Versus Reb Shimonazi was a person who never got married. Reb Shimonazi, because not because Tzadik is supposed to get married, but because he was flying in heaven. He didn't. He had no desire for anything. He was his soul was just soaring. He just was going on a higher and a higher level, and he's not dealing with the same challenge. Rather, he's completely leaving his animalistic self, and he's strengthening himself. And the word strengthening in Hebrew also comes from the word light. He's lifting himself. He's going stronger and stronger from level to level. And these are the two levels that a Jew has in their life as they deal with all the challenges in this world.